Welcome to the Soul Traveler Podcast, an exploration of conscious living with your host, Jennifer Mitchell of The Soul Experience. Join Jennifer as she explores the quantum realms of the subconscious mind and all aspects of spirituality. Driven by curiosity and a thirst for knowledge, topics will stretch the boundaries of your imagination and revive your mind, body, and soul. This is Jennifer Mitchell welcoming you back to another episode of the Soul Traveler Podcast, your portal to unlocking the secrets of the subconscious and navigating the quantum realms. In our recent conversation, I had the privilege of sitting down with Dominic Bertaccini, an experienced hypnotist, to embark on a journey through the mysterious landscapes of the mind. Dom shared his own journey and the inspiring success stories of his clients, shedding light on the transformative power of hypnosis. We explore the distinctive differences between the techniques of quantum hypnosis and traditional hypnotherapy. And we talked about how hypnosis can uncover the doorways of self-discovery and is such a profound exploration of the soul. So join us on this soulful journey as we exceed boundaries and tap into the infinite potential of the mind. As we navigate uncharted territories of the subconscious, we'll unveil the limitless opportunities for personal growth and self-realization. Buckle up. We are taking off on a quantum exploration. Here we go. Good afternoon, Dom. Welcome to the show. It is such a pleasure to have you with us today at the Soul Traveler Podcast. How are you? Good. I'm excited to learn about the quantum healing. Is that what it's called? Quantum healing hypnosis that Dolores Cannon does because I get asked about it all the time if I do it and I know nothing about it. I'm sure it's there's a lot of similarities, but I'm curious to hear about that as well. Absolutely. And I'm actually really excited because I know nothing about traditional hypnotherapy, not a whole lot, because they, to my understanding, they're quite different. So I'm also really excited to dive right in and chat about your style of hypnosis and all, and just learn all about it. Why don't you start off by letting listeners know, you know a little bit about yourself and about your journey? And how did you get into this type of work? Yeah. So like many people, I used to be in a career that I hated. I shouldn't say that. In the beginning, I used to sell life insurance. And when I was about 18 and a half, 19 years old, I went to college for a couple of weeks. I was like, this isn't for me. So I got into life insurance and I was all gung-ho and excited and passionate about it for the first five years. And then at some point I just lost my steam. Mm -hmm. And so I saved us some money. I took some time off. I tried some different ventures. Uh, I tried to do annuities that failed. I tried to do, I tried to be a day trader that failed. I tried to start up a solar company and one or two other things and everything. I just kept getting failure after failure after failure. So after a couple of years, I finally decided, all right, I'm going to throw in the towel. I'm just going to go back to doing what I know because I know I can at least make money at it. Yeah. And for the last two years doing it, I just, I hated my life. When I would often drive around and just think to myself that I wanted to do something else. And I always felt like I was meant for more. I always felt like I'm supposed to be somebody who's important, but I just didn't know what that was. And my mom actually went to a seven-day NLP and hypnosis course. And after she got out, she was all ranting and raving and talking about how much it helped her and it changed her life and all this. The problem was though, it was like 3,500 bucks. And at the time I was broke. I just let my car get repossessed. I let all my debts go and I just had no money. So I couldn't sign up for it. Then a few months later, she surprised me with a Christmas gift to go to an introduction uh, or introductory course to hypnosis. It was like a two and a half day course. And so 
I went to the course and not thinking that I wanted to be a hypnotist. I literally was just like, oh, this will be cool. Check it out or whatever. And yeah, I had zero desire to do this for a living. And, but I went to the course with an open mind. And after that two and a half days, I just fell in love with it. And on the Monday that I got out, I just, I felt so different. I, I could tell like my mind felt different. My body felt different. And I said, you know what? This is what I was put on this earth to do is to help people feel how I feel right now in that short amount of time. And so initially I made a goal that six months I was going to transition over from insurance full-time to start doing hypnotherapy. And long story short, within two weeks, I just did a bunch of free sessions. I worked with about a hundred people, a little, little bit over a hundred people. And it was two weeks to the day. I woke up, I had 10 appointments to go sell insurance that day. And I just could not physically get myself mm -hmm. to do it. I was just done. So I messaged my assistant. I said, Hey, tell all these people I'm not coming in today. And I said, that's it. I'm never selling another insurance policy ever again in my life. And I quit. And it's funny because my first two clients, I called up my little brother. I was like, Hey, I'm not going to sell insurance anymore. I'm a full-time hypnotist now. And I need your help. I'm going to hook you up with a deal. I'll give you two, two sessions for 200 bucks. And he's like, oh man, I don't really got money. And he was like, he's my little brother. I was like, come on, man, just help me out or whatever. He's like, oh, so he did it. And I called up my little sister, did the same exact thing. And my first day as a full-time hypnotist, I made 400 bucks, <laughs> basically punking my little brother and sister into giving me their money. And then here we are four and a half years later, I have a team of hypnotherapists that work for me. At this moment in time, I actually don't do any one-on-ones anymore. Mm -hmm. I do, we have events and, and things that we're doing. But the journey has been great. It's been fun. I just love that. And what resonates so much with me about your story, too, is about how you were just living your life in this career that you just really were unfulfilled in. And you looked internally and didn't know where to go. And that happens, I think, with so many of us. I know for me, that happened. I used to be an executive in the banking industry, and I was miserable. I was really unhappy until I had my first session. So I'd like to kind of dive in and learn about you know, the traditional type of hypnotherapy. And then I'll explain a little bit about quantum because they are quite different, if I understand that correctly. So like with a uh -huh. traditional hypnotherapy, are you talking like back and forth with the client? Are they like responding to you? Are you answering? Are they like presenting you with a list of questions? Well, what is like a typical session if somebody was to have a session with someone on your team? Yeah. <laughs> so... It, you're working consciously with the unconscious or the mm -hmm. subconscious mind. So that means that they'll consciously ask questions to themselves. Like we ask the question as the hypnotherapist and then they can ask it in their mind or they can just respond and they give us the answers that are within their subconscious mind. Yeah. And typically we're doing things around like business, entrepreneurship, sales. It's all about success. So somebody comes to us and they're like, man, I'm stuck in my business. Maybe uh, they're at a certain income level, or maybe they are like a one-man solopreneur and they want to build a team, but they have all these filters and limiting beliefs and fears in their mind. So we'll come in, figure out what they are, bring it to the surface, and then go back, figure out where it started from, whether it's childhood, before birth, during birth, all that, and then we'll release it. The protocol is basically this. People come to us, they got a bunch of shit in their head. Yeah. So the first thing we need to do is we need to release all that stuff first. And that's working consciously with the subconscious mind. They're aware of what's going on. And then towards the end of our, our sessions is when we'll do a deeper hypnosis where they're not talking 
And we just basically take them through a journey on getting them to imagine and visualize what they want to create and then begin to embody and become that person now rather than waiting to get there. Because when they become that person now, the time that it takes to get there actually starts to collapse and then they end up fulfilling their goals and dreams at a much faster pace. So that's how our process works. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mention time because what I find with the quantum hypnosis is we're working with the part of the mind that doesn't understand time. So there is no time with the quantum hypnosis. And so I'll just explain the journey of a QHHT session. So initially, the most important part for us is that we talk with the client and we establish that trust. Because if they don't trust me, their subconscious is not going to verbally speak to me under hypnosis. But they can't talk to me regular one-on-one. We sit down, we have what we call like a spiritual coaching session or counseling session. And then we enter in actually through a past life regression. It's not always a past life. Oftentimes the, the subconscious knows exactly where to bring that person. So sometimes they'll bring them to childhood memory of something that, that they're carrying or holding in the body. That's actually really common as well. And then through that process, we uncover a lot of trauma, things that are residing in the body. And then if it's a past life, we will go through the death scene, which is actually, I'm not scared of death anymore. They've transitioned like with a lot of clients through the death scene and they always say it's very serene and peaceful. And then they're really happy after. When we go through that process, we're in like the in-between and that's because some real interesting stuff actually comes through. People start talking about life's on another planet or loved ones will come through and visit them. Pet, pets come through a lot. So a lot of interesting things happen there. From that point is where we do the self-healing. And this is so amazing. We, my client's bones will craft and realign under hypnosis. Like if they're having like any like oh, wow. pain or anything like that. So we call forward the highest version of themselves to come forward and speak to us. And that's mm. the part where hence the quantum is because we're making this connection with the part that resides beyond this three dimension. It doesn't understand time and it just knows no bounds. And so it'll scan the body from head to toe and it'll find any illness, any emotion that's trapped. And we ask for self-healing and and it will self-heal the body. This is the part that it's really important that the client's belief system needs to align as well with, with the healing that happened. And then my favorite part is the very end of the session, which is where the client will come to me with a list of questions that they want uh, their subconscious mind to answer under hypnosis. And I will read off those questions. Anything is game. And the subconscious mind responds back to us. And it answers, it tells them anything that they want to know, whether it's relationship advice, career advice, love, or why did something happen to me as a child? And it connects and it tells them what the lesson was or what they should do or why they came to me for a session. And everything's audio recorded. Yeah, it's a lot of two-way conversation with the higher self, with the subconscious. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to do a session with you. Definitely. It sounds similar to what we do in the sense of going back and finding stuff. So let's say somebody's <laughs> like, dude, I got, I just got a crazy temper, right? Okay, cool. Then we need to go back and figure out where is the root of this coming from? Is it childhood, before birth, genetic stuff, parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, or even past lives? Yeah. And so we'll go through, release it, get the lessons like you said, and then release everything back to now. And it's crazy because when they come out of that state or you come out of the state, People go back to these memories that were just so visceral or just the craziest things you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And there's just no more emotion tied to it. They're just at peace. Now, what we don't do, there's different ways, for example, if clients come for pain or something like pain is pretty easy to heal, but I've never had the, like you said, the bones start aligning. That's really fascinating. Yeah. I'd love to learn more about that. 
and in the healing aspect. So with the healing, let's say somebody, I have terrible shoulders, mm-hmm. right? And they've been just messed up for years. And is that something that can be healed through that? Uh, or is it, does it take like multiple sessions or you got to listen to the recording or? One session. Really? One session. And that's uh-huh. why another reason why I love it so much too is because quantum healing is so powerful. It really, and it just needs one session. You did touch on the recording. It's also, it's a two-part process. So it's really important that the client does listen to that recording within 24 to 48 hours because we open up like the gateway to the subconscious, to the subconscious. And so when they listen to that recording, it's reinforcing all of that, like programming and the release and healing, carrying like that quantum energy. One thing that's very unique, and I'm sure if you come across this in in your, you know, type of hypnosis too, is that clients will tell me the same thing. So right away, when you say shoulder pain, what I hear from clients who have shoulder pain time and time again, is they feel like they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders or Mm -hmm. something is is heavy, that's like a burden or something that they're carrying that they need to let go of. Pain in Mm -hmm. the knees is because they are afraid to move forward or they can't move forward. Fear will manifest in the mind as headaches. So somebody who has like a lot of headaches or migraines, is they're scared or there's fear, some sort of programming there. It's very interesting. The way that the body will manifest as illness, but it's tied back to a belief or an emotion or an event. Yeah, no, I went through a shaman training and that's one of the things we learned is how the different body parts are related to what could be going on. And like you said, if it's your shoulders, you're carrying the weight, lower back is like money issues, knee or even feet. Like my fiance, before she became a stay-at-home mom, she would bump her feet on everything, like almost every day, just boom, hit her toes, boom, hit her toes, like sometimes severe. And what we learned is that basically she wasn't moving forward because she wanted to leave her job, but she wasn't. So once we, this was like in January, once she just became a stay-at-home mom, I don't know if she's stubbed her toe one time in the last nine months. And I'm telling you, it was almost every day and sometimes really bad. Yeah. For anybody listening to this, if you doubt this, it's just, this is just what it is. This is the Mm -hmm. truth of how things actually work. When you're having an issue in your body, it's your subconscious mind trying to tell you, Hey, pay attention. There's something going on. You're dealing with like people who have a lot of acne or they have cold sores or they have blisters coming out. That's all usually related to anger and frustration, right? They're just like, so then their face starts to break out with all this stuff. So yeah, no, that's, I'm just curious to see how, that's why I want to do session because it'd be, my shoulders are really messed up. Like they've been, I had surgery when I was 18. I've dislocated my left shoulder maybe five times, six, I don't don't know how many, and I do jujitsu. And so that puts a lot of pressure. Plus I lift weights and I just go, I just deal with it and it is what it is. But yeah, I'd be curious to see how that works. We're going to do a session and you're going to be amazed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, amazing. Hazel Travelers, pardon the interruption, but I just have to tell you about quantum healing hypnosis because one session forever changed my life and now I'm living my purpose to help others just like you. I was so lost in my life and absolutely miserable in my career until I received the guidance needed from my higher self. Now I'm spreading awareness about the life-changing modality of quantum healing hypnosis. In one single session, we will spend the day journeying deep into your subconscious mind and unlock the hidden wisdom within. We'll revisit a past life, explore what your soul does between lifetimes. Your subconscious mind will scan your body, looking for health concerns and perform self-healing. They'll even connect directly to the Akashic records so that you can get your most important life questions answered. 
Quantum healing hypnosis is absolutely nothing like a traditional hypnosis session. And you know that everything is 100% legitimate because nothing is being filtered through a third-party practitioner and your higher self will never misguide you. Your session is audio recorded so that you could listen back and play all of the advice that your higher self spoke to you under hypnosis. So if you're ready for personal growth and a positive change, then it's time to discover the essence of who you truly are. Book a session with me today at thesoulexperiences.com. Now back to the show. Do you have a favorite story or from a client that has transformed with hypnosis that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I have some that I'll keep private just because yeah. they're just too crazy. <laughs> Maybe for not your listeners, but I don't know. Probably Sometimes not. Just, I love the crazy. Probably <laughs> That's not what for this your listeners. About. But I'll just keep that. I don't know. It's just... Anyways... But as far as transformation goes, we've had, there's so many, I guess one of my favorites is I went, this actually wasn't a hypnosis technique. It's a, it's a higher self, it's called higher self therapy. Mm-hmm. So basically you, I have my higher self communicate with somebody else's higher self and help release whatever they're holding on to. I went to this course, it was like a seven day course and I learned these techniques, whatever, and I get out of the course. And I want to practice, right? I want to see how effective it is on other people. So I call my best friend. I'm like, yo, I just went to this course. I learned all this stuff. Dude, we got to do it. Let's do it. He's like, all right. So I was like, all right, what's the biggest challenge you're having right now? And he goes, I'm doing residential solar, but I want to do commercial solar, but I feel like it's really hard to find these big jobs or whatever. So I was like, all right, perfect. We found the limiting belief that's holding him back. Close your eyes. And he closes his eyes and I do the thing. And then we release it. And he's like, yeah, okay. We're just, I'm just doing this on the phone. I might've been driving. I don't even remember. Um, just <laughs> real quick, like 10 minute phone call. So anyways, about six to eight weeks later, he hits me up. He's like, dude, whatever you did, I think it worked. I'm like, why? And he goes, we just landed the job. It was to do solar for one of the military bases in California. Wow. You like the Air Force or Marine base or whatever. And so you're talking millions of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. That's big. So fast forward to now, this, that was almost exactly three years ago. Fast forward, back then his company was doing like $4 million a year. Now this year, they've already done over $100 million in revenue. <laughs> yeah, so from $4 million to twenty to 100 in the matter of three years. So that's one of my favorite stories because my is my best friend. Mm-hmm. So I'd be able to help him just completely level up. I have, there's so many testimonials, I can't even count anymore. There's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And that doesn't even include the people that my other hypnotherapists work with on them on their own. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of people. Yeah, and I just love that. It just shows the power you? too of the subconscious mind and things that could be blocking us. And when we overcome those blocks, anything's possible. How about you? What's your favorite story? Okay, my favorite story, the one that really sticks out to me is this young girl who came to me at the age of 27. And I did an in-person session with her. She came to my house. Before the session, we were chatting and she says that she had this deep, deep, sadness and she's always been depressed and she doesn't know why she says jennifer i had a beautiful childhood i had the best parents i have you know i'm successful in my career i have you know the greatest kids husband i have no reason to be depressed i'm just sad and then you know as we were talking she also starts to tell me about this pain in the upper left hand quadrant of her stomach and she grabs her stomach and she said you know i've had tests run i've gone to the doctors i've changed my diet right acupuncture i've cut out gluten I cannot get rid of this pain. I don't know what it is. I want to ask my higher self. And I want to see if we can get rid of it. Okay. Mm. So we go into the session and 
when we regress her, subconscious is in control. That's why I love this so much is as a practitioner, I'm just connecting you. Your higher self is in the driver's seat. Uh, she progresses back to a lifetime as a young little girl, and she's standing outside of the study of her dad's study. And she starts to cry, and the body is like rising and falling. You can see the emotion moving through the body. And she starts to whisper, and I was like, you don't need to whisper. You can talk to me. It's okay. And then she says, my dad, I can hear him on the phone. Uh, he doesn't want me. My mom just died, and she doesn't. he doesn't want me anymore. And he's telling the person on the phone he doesn't know what to do with me and asking if they will take me. And she starts to sob and cry. And so we start to see that emotion release. And as a practitioner, boom, I know this is one of the root causes of her sadness in this lifetime. It's so unexplained that she can't tell me about. So we move forward past to the next scene in the life. And she's in what I believe is maybe like a Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. We try not to ask a lot of analytical questions because as you don't want to trigger that analyzer. So through fact-finding, there's a parade, big flow. Seems like it was the late 1950s, maybe early 1960s. Tons of people. This time she's panicked and scared. And she says, my dad brought me here to leave me. So her dad mm. had brought her to this massive crowd, this parade, and then left her. And starts wow. to cry and she's panicked. Then we go to the last day of the life, which is always, again, that's where usually a lot of trauma is and we release. And she'd grown up on the street and she'd become a sex worker in this lifetime. Mm. And she was also struggling with substance abuse. And so on the last day, she's in an alleyway and she had an exchange with a gentleman. And instead, I'm assuming it was, she was a sex worker. So I'm assuming that's what it was. And instead of paying her money or in her preferred drug, he stabbed her right in the upper left side of the stomach. And she holds up her hand and she's under hypnosis and she's like, my hands are red, my hands are red. And she's it's okay. You don't need to feel any discomfort or any pain. Let's transition to the other side. So when we go through the transition, I said, why did you, obviously I knew, you know, why did you want to bring this forward? And her higher self said, because she's already lived that lifetime. She's already experienced the sadness and she's learned the lesson that she can overcome anything. And she doesn't need to carry that anymore. We gave her a beautiful life for a reason. She can let go, you know, of that sadness and let go of everything that happened in the past. And then I said, well, she's also experiencing the pain of um, her death in that lifetime. Can you heal that? Can you release that? And the higher self said, yes, she'd been holding on to that because she, her soul was so attached to this life experience. But now that we're letting it go, the pain is going to subside. And when she, and I asked, I said, how old was she when she was stabbed in that life? I said, 27 which was mm. the exact age that she was when she, when she had come to me for the session. Yeah, it's just amazing like what, what we're carrying with us and our subconscious. Yeah. And oftentimes the body wants to hold on to stuff. The soul wants to hold on to those past experiences and we see them, not so what we see stuff is manifesting. To your point earlier, people who are born with anger or something, it's always, there's some sort of a root cause that came from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. The other day I did a session with somebody in my company. And I forget what we were working on, but we were just talking and she's, oh my God, something's coming up. And as we went into whatever the emotion or belief was, she's, oh my God, I have this pain in my head. Oh, this hurts really bad. And da, da. and then she's, oh my God, I'm seeing myself. And basically she saw herself as a, I, th I think it was a girl or a woman and some like, she was a native American and the mm. slave there where she was a slave. 
and the owner put an ax through her head because she couldn't cook or something like that. And she couldn't do her duties. So they're like, oh, you're useless. And then just ax her in the head. I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. And so we release and she releases the belief and then the feelings of it. But it's fascinating how that stuff just goes with people throughout mm-hmm. their lives. So I've actually done, I did some self-work on trying to figure out why my shoulders were so messed up. And part of what I got, it's obviously better if you have somebody do it, but part of what I got is, and who knows, but is in a past life, 11 lifetimes ago, whatever. I was, it was almost, I think it was during when, was it Constantine? I don't know. It was one of those times when basically the Catholic church sent out all their people to just slaughter and kill people. So I was one of the people that was just murdering a bunch of people. And so basically what I got is that the reason why my shoulders are messed up in this lifetime is because to keep me from being a psychopathic killer, basically, or being somebody that would hurt other people, whether it's physically or even like in battle or whatever. So it's, it messed me up so that I didn't end up that way. But I don't know. It, it didn't heal my shoulders, but it was just an interesting story yeah. to, to go back and find out. Could be true, could not. I don't know. You could still be carrying that on a soul level. Any Maybe the, the soul is, is really attached to that lifetime and you're still carrying some of that burden or something. I'd be really interested to find that out. It's interesting that you also yeah. mentioned the church and during that time frame of, but to your point, I think it was like around Constantine. I've had several people mm-hmm. on the flip side. I haven't had anyone yet that was like part of the church, but I've had people running from the church. I had a really unique session mm-hmm. where this um, guy had um, was an apprentice and his master had given him this book of knowledge and had a phoenix. And that the church was chasing him because there was like this information, this sacred knowledge inside this book. And in that life, it ended that he got cornered by a bunch of people who were working for the church and they burned Probably him and they, took, and they burned him and the book. <laughs> me. Yeah. Right. You're fucking butch. What's interesting though know, is that I, I wrote recently an article on my blog about past lives and how do we know it's true? And for me, it's, several things but the emotion and i'm sure you come across a lot of emotion Mm -hmm. too people when you're in that state of mind you can't fake the emotions that come through and especially also to the way the body moves and processing people's head people will get burning sensation in their forehead that's really common or in their hands a lot of the time i don't know if they're being activated or they're letting go of stuff but the physical sensations and the emotions like that stuff can't be faked do you come across that a lot So the thing with past lives is this, look, there is, if you go online, I forget the person's name, but there's been a lot of studies done on this where a three-year-old kid knows, he was yeah. a, describes being a World War II veteran and describes how he died, where he lived and just his whole entire life. And then they go and verify and it's, oh yeah, everything's spot on. And it's like, how, do, how does a three-year-old know all that? And there's plenty of, of examples like that. But for me, even if it's not real, even if it's just in my head, it always helps me. It always helps me shift out of whatever it is. Like one of the first times I ever did a a releasing and it was actually on myself was after I went to that course, I went in my head and I released my anger because I used to have just a really bad temper. And my first memory was of me in a past life where I was... um, it was like during the Viking times and I was just a normal like little villager guy or whatever. And 
the Vikings had came into our village and were just killing us all, taking our stuff. And then they came into my little home and they, they I just seen it vividly. Like this guy's face yeah. is bloody and muddy and he just stabbed me in the chest. And I lay over and I'm watching my wife about to get raped and killed. And I forget if I had a son or a daughter. But what's interesting is that before that, I used to have this like triggering anger where if some, and this is probably a lot of men are this way, but mine was just like overly, like way too much where if somebody would mess with like my little brother or my little sister or whoever, I would just go into just psycho psycho mode. And then I wouldn't really think clearly. Mm -hmm. And, and then after I released that, I was like, oh, I see why I'm that, I'm that way is because I, and it wouldn't, again, it's like, they might just be making fun of them. And I would be like, not like they're trying to hurt them or anything. And I would just lose my cool. And then it went back to that time of just watching my family get killed and feeling like I couldn't do anything about it. So I was just always having this overreaction. And and then after I released that, I just let that go okay. to be so just weird about it. So anyways, and I've had other past life stuff. A lot of my stuff is more genetic trauma yeah, where it comes from my grandma, my grandpa, stuff like that. But yeah, it's it works. What are some of the common myths that maybe people come to you that you would like to debunk? There's so many of them. <laughs> is yeah, yeah. One is that they can't be hypnotized. And the reason people think that is because they're you, they're associating hypnosis with stage hypnosis, which everybody can be hypnotized. It just doesn't mean that everybody's going to go up on stage and hump a blow up doll. So yeah. that's one thing is I'm not going to be hypnotized. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is too, is sometimes when you're, when people are in that state, they're conscious and aware the entire time. Because again, we work consciously with the subconscious. Yeah. We find out where all these meanings and answers are. And they go, uh, sometimes people go, well, I didn't feel hypnotized. I said, okay, how does it feel to be hypnotized? I go, I don't know. And so how do you know you weren't hypnotized? And I go, you were hypnotized. And they go, oh, okay. I didn't think about it like that. I'm like, yeah. You would, if I asked you, what did you eat for lunch three days ago? You'd probably have no idea. No idea. I no. can't even remember yesterday. But if I put you under hypnosis, you'll be able to find it out. Now, we're going back 30, 40, 50 years and people are finding specific events that actually happened. What do you think? You're just like, you're not in hypnosis. So that's one of the other things. And the other thing is, have you ever seen rapid inductions? I have a bunch of videos on Instagram of doing rapid inductions where you mm -hmm. grab somebody's hand and go sleep. People think that the person's actually sleeping, but they're not. You just, as a hypnotist, if you're doing rapid induction, you say the word sleep because the mind knows what that means. And you're not going to say, hey, close your eyes and get really relaxed and move. You know what I mean? So you just go sleep. Yeah. So people think they're actually sleeping and people go, how are they sleeping if they're still standing? Stuff like that. And they, uh, and they think that the hypnotist has some type of like mind control over the other person, which mm -hmm. is just not true. If somebody doesn't want to do it, if they go, if I try to go sleep and, but the person doesn't want to experience it, they won't allow it to happen. Those are the common myths that, that I get. Yeah. I get that one a lot too, that people think that they're going to be like not in control or that I'm going to make them do something. And there's a lot of, sometimes I think there's a lot of fear that surrounds it. Like, what am I going to say? Mm -hmm. Because yeah, we're yeah, going yeah. deep, like with my type of hypnosis, we're going really deep. And so sometimes I think people mm -hmm. are scared about what they're going to say. So that comes up a lot too, where that they're not in control, like you said. And I always tell them, look, hypnosis is very similar to like meditative state. It's very natural. We work with the theta brainwave, which anybody who goes to sleep 
can be hypnotized. It's the same. It's the, that same area right. in the morning when you're waking up, it's green light state. And then at night when you're drifting off, we work right there in the theta state. So everybody can be hypnotized, but it's whether or not they allow themselves to be hypnotized. And, yeah. and I find mm -hmm. that that is the key too. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I always, the, the example I always say to people is I'm like, have you ever been driving before? And mm -hmm. you're just coasting and suddenly, boom, you arrive at your house or your destination and you're like, whoa, dude, what the hell just happened? That was 30 minutes. It felt like five or mm -hmm. 10. There you went to hypnosis or you go to Disneyland and 12 hours felt like five minutes. You're like, man, where did the day go? It's because you were in a trance the whole time and, and time just blew by. So yeah, everybody can do hypnosis. I've never had, I've worked with NFL athletes, Navy SEALs, UFC fighters, Olympic athletes. And people always go, oh, I'm too strong-willed to be hypnotized. And I'm like, it's actually the opposite. The easiest people to hypnotize are the strongest-willed people. Because you say, you give them instructions. You say, hey, this is what we're going to do. They want the outcome. They don't mm -hmm. want to disprove what you're doing. They want to get better. They want to improve. So yes, please hypnotize me. I'll do anything to feel this way because I need to win a gold medal. So the, those are the easiest people to work with. It's the people that are stubborn that are they feel insecure about themselves or about the process that they're a little harder to, to deal with. So yeah, it's really easy to put somebody in hypnosis. Yeah. So we also find too, it's the people that that maybe don't believe, like they doubt. Um, and maybe that's because mine's like a little bit different. Maybe they don't believe necessarily that there is such thing as a past life or something like that. They'll either, they'll go into a current life, which is fine if the subconscious brings them there. There's a reason, there's something they want to release. Or it's not common. They've only had two or three people, but that they just, they won't go under at all. Or I'll get a lot of, I don't know, I don't know. Or, and that means that we're more engaged with the analytical mind than the right side, which is that more creative, trusting side of the mind. So, yeah. yeah um, well, past lives, the way I, I'll explain it to people, I always go, look, whether you believe in past lives or not, it doesn't matter. The most important thing is that we find it now. And then and I'll say, look, have you ever had a dream before where you wake up from the dream and you're like, holy shit. I really feel really sad or I feel really feel fearful. And I go, what if a past life was just that? It was a yeah. dream you had a long time ago. And it, but it, to you, it's so real that you really think that you really feel the emotion of it. So I'm like, let's just pretend it's that. Either way, it's still affecting you. So let's find out what it is. And people go, oh, okay, cool. That makes sense. And I actually really agree with that because I'm a very logical person. So even as a practitioner, I will question stuff and want to research it. And I haven't mm -hmm. actually been able to debunk anything yet, though, which is interesting because sometimes I'm mean, testing like really far fetched. And I'll go and I'll like Google search stuff or I'll look things up. And every time I could try to find to prove that it didn't happen, it's the opposite occurs. I had yeah. a lady once who she regressed to a man in the Civil War and she said that she had this button in her pocket that fell off her uniform and she kept rubbing the button because it would comfort her. Think about a child rubs a blankie. Uh, and she carried this button for years through, through the war, through the fight. She said, there's a symbol, there's a Roman numeral, I think it was Roman numeral 12. The Roman numeral 12 is on the button and I just rubbed my finger over it. But that was really interesting. So I went back and believe it or not, I actually found an article and I found the uniform and sure enough, it had the Roman numeral 12 was engraved on the button. I think it was because it was like the 12th infantry or something like that. And so oh, wow. man, I really wanted to like, debunk this one, but yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Look, I've had so many people go into genetic memories where they're like, yeah. I don't know, man, my mom and this or that. And they have no idea. Their mom's never told them the story, whatever. And I have not had one person. And I've done, I don't know, 2,000 people I've worked with. 
I've never had one person who had a genetic memory that was something they didn't know. And they went and actually tried to verify it with their mom or whoever. <laughs> never had one person come back and go, yeah, that didn't happen. Not one. I've had people like find, I had a client, we were releasing her and he's like, dude, I'm during my mom's pregnancy. And he starts crying. He's I'm like, are you all right? What's going on? He's like, I'm getting that my dad kicked my mom in the back while she was pregnant with me. And he's just, no way this is possible. My dad would never do that. So that same day, he asked his mom in person, he's like, mom, did this happen? He said his mom just turned white, just yeah. completely. She's like, who told you that? And, and he's like, yeah, I went through hypnosis. And she goes, yeah, it did happen. And we never told anybody because your dad was ashamed. And I didn't want people to think a certain way about your dad. And he's never done anything like that since. And it was a hard time or whatever. And spot on. And I've had that happen many it's times. Right. So it's real. It is. Absolutely. The subconscious mind, it. It doesn't lie. And now I tell that to people too, is who have a hard time like maybe trusting the process. I say, you, you need to trust in yourself. It's your, high, it's your higher self. It's not going to try to fraud you. It's not going to lie to you. As it says something, it's because it legitimately either happened, it occurred, or it's trying to help you. So I think that's also mm -hmm. a really big part is people need to have that self-trust. And then yeah. I encourage people to go and try and debunk stuff. I'm like, please do. <laughs> because nobody's going to come back to me either saying that yeah, they no, debunked this or that. True. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just, yeah, it happens. I definitely want to get together. In the beginning, I'd be scared. Like, are going to debunk it? They're going to, or is it going to be wrong? Is it going to be wrong? And like, now I just know. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Sure, whatever. Yeah, it, it never Makes has been. Mm -mm. But I definitely want to get together and swap sessions. I think it'd be really interesting like to see maybe even like the difference between the two styles. That would be fun, especially since you're local too. Let's do it. Yeah. If you want to do in-person with only uh, do some in-person yeah. stuff. That'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, really would. Because I never, I don't work with one person. All my stuff's done mm. through Zoom. So, you know, and I know, and when's the last time somebody, I'll have people in my company, they'll like work, work with me, work on me. You know, if I got something I need to clear, most of the time I could just clear it. But sometimes I just, it's easier just to have somebody there and observe and like take notes and everything. And, and they'll help me, but it hasn't been in person. So yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's, uh, let's figure out some, Sometimes. Yeah, I'm excited. Where can listeners go though to find you online? You do online Zoom. Do you do something every week? Did I see that on your Instagram? You do like a weekly thing? Yeah, I actually started doing it. As of right now, Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So it's 10 Mountain, 11 Central, 12 Eastern. I do a, a free session where we go through breaking through any fears and limiting beliefs, any procrastination, whether it's in your business, in your relationships, in your health, right? So if somebody's like, oh, I really need to go to the gym or I really need to eat healthy, but I never do it. There's th there's limitations in your mind. There we go. And so we go through a process to help clear that. Same thing in business, right? If people are like, oh, I really want to do this thing, but I'm just afraid or whatever. We help them with that. Uh, in relationships, it could be if you're in a bad relationship, you know you need to get out of, you, out of it, but you're procrastinating on that or you're staying single and alone because you're afraid to get hurt. So anything like that, basically any aspect of life, we help you break through whatever those barriers are. And I'm thinking about doing, maybe doing it on Tuesday nights. But uh, yeah, it was last week we had at 437, I want to say probably because some people jump on and they got to go and whatever. I think we probably had like 480 people total, maybe four and six, I don't know of people. So only going to keep yeah. growing and growing and growing. So yeah, if anybody wants to do that, go to my Instagram, dom.the.hypnotist. There's a link in my bio. You can go find me on YouTube, dom. And if you want to book a session with one of our hypnotherapists, you can send me a DM. You can send us an email and be happy to help you out with that.
Awesome. You got to love the power of the technology these days. We can reach so many people virtually and help so many people virtually. I just love that. Yeah, I know. It's tremendous. It's been, uh, it was great. I was like, wow, that turned, that was the better turnout than I thought. Well, I've really enjoyed our chat today. And I know that I think listeners are really going to enjoy Definitely. also learning about hypnosis and the different types and styles of hypnosis. It's, it's such a powerful modality and tool. It's my, my greatest passion. So they can see it's yours as well. Yeah, totally. Okay. Thanks for coming on the show today, Don. This podcast is brought to you by The Soul Experience, quantum healing hypnosis. Are you ready to embark on an inward journey of quantum healing? Quantum healing hypnosis is the most profound method of inner work and self-healing someone can do while on a spiritual path. In a single session, you experience past life regression, exploration between lifetimes, self-healing performed by your subconscious, release of trapped trauma, and answers to your most important life questions. Your higher self has a message for you and is here to help you and guide you on this life journey. Book a session today with Jennifer Mitchell at thesoulexperiences.com.